Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, welcome back to City Hills. Happy New Year. How you guys feeling so far? Feeling pretty good? Ooh, sleepy. Feeling really sleepy. Uh, it is awesome to be back home. Uh, for We were able to travel East Coast to see uh, Lauren's family and see some of our friends back there. And uh, it was good. It was good to see family. But I tell you what, San Diego is home. We love it. It was so funny. We got home the, uh, <laughs> the, next, uh, the next morning. Brooklyn woke up and she got to the top of our staircase and she goes, it feels good to be home. I'm like, yes, it does, baby. It feels good to be home. How many of you guys quickly raise your hand? How many of you made resolutions so far? You made any resolutions? A couple people. Nice, nice. How many of you stopped doing that years ago? Yeah, okay. There you go. I get it. I get it. Resolutions, they're challenging and they're frustrating, and you feel like you're just setting yourself up for failure, unless you're like type A, and you're like, I will not fail. I am going to nail this resolution. We know that there's, there's power in our choices and our decisions, but we also understand that, man, the habits that we have in our lives are so much stronger than our willpower. We can have a lot of willpower, but those habits that are built in, they really have an impact. And, and I actually read an article a couple weeks ago as I was prepping for this, uh, and it said that the day that most people give up their resolutions, just, just take a guess, January the 12th, January the 12th is the main day, the largest population of people who give up 12 days in, and they're like, you know what, I'm out. I'm all kinds of out on this New Year's resolution. I am done. And we want to help you with that. Uh, for those of you who are able to watch our video message last week, uh, I, I talked about the importance of some shifts in our mindset. And I believe in order for us to be able to reach our potential, to reach the purpose that God has for us in our lives, we have to shift to focusing on who we want to be rather than focusing on what we want to do. And so this series that we're, we're kicking off today, I choose a new year, new me, new decade. I don't know about you guys, but like the new decade thing is kind of freaking me out a little bit. And people are all about it. It's like, oh, it's a new decade. Like it's, it's what we turn the calendar one page. Calm down. Let's, it's going to be all right. But we believe that there's some choices we can make. And today we're going to choose, we're going to talk about choosing purpose over popularity. Choosing purpose over popularity. And I know, I know. I'm sitting in a room with some people right now that you're like, I am not worried about popularity. Like, that was so old. That was high school. That was 2019. I'm over that. Like, it's a new decade, baby. We are not concerned with that. But popularity looks different for each of us. Popularity can have its own definition depending on the phase of life that we are in. And for some, popularity is simply validation, right? That validation that someone, somewhere, anyone sees me. 
that somewhere, somehow, someone recognizes what I am doing and they acknowledge my worth. For some, popularity is just achievement. You just like it, and I, I, we have, we are each other's spirit animals. Like, I am an achievement-driven person, so I get it. And sometimes that, that thrill and that bonus in our life of people going, man, you, you did that? That was awesome. Like, that feels kind of good, right? Like, so for some, popularity is that achievement. For others, popularity is simply being the same as the people around us. Like, we don't want to rock the boat. We're not trying to be weird. We're not trying to be different. We're not trying to have anybody go, oh, what, what, why do you do that? We just, we just want to be the same. And so for us, that popularity is just being just like the people around us. Regardless of what your definition is, our challenge is that we make choices that connect us deeper to God and deeper to the purpose that he has for us. And I remember for me, in high school, I went through some really crazy phases of clothes, right? Anybody else? You, you went through crazy phases? Thank you. A few of you. Everybody else? You're like, no, I've been popping from day one. Whatever. I'm just telling you I went through some crazy phases because for me, it was really different because I had a lot of interest. Like, I was good at sports, which was awesome, but I was also in the choir. Some those things don't really add up, right? And I watched and studied football. I could give you all the stats. I loved it, but I also loved romantic comedies. I did. Hitch is still one of the greatest movies ever. Love, love romantic comedies. It's just weird. I was a skater boy, but I also loved to cook and I love to try new recipes. I was all about it. So I had a whole lot of things happening. And so for me, figuring out what I was going to wear and who I was going to be around was this really complicated thing. And I, I just, I don't have a picture of it because I burned everything that I could, but yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure my mother has a picture of this. My, my best outfit, and you just close your eyes and picture it for a moment. I had a beanie on and some FUBU oversized sweatpants, some knockoff Timberlands because I didn't have no money to buy the real ones, a Spider-Man extra, extra large button-up, and uh, yeah, I was popping. It was on. It was a good look. The boots were gray. The pants were gray. The shirt was like comic book jumping out at you 3D. Watch your eyes with the beanie on in New Orleans sweating like nobody's business. Like it was awesome. You have no idea. But then I went through a phase where, you know, I was like, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't good enough. So how many of you remember Jinko jeans? Yes. The Jinkos with the like 47-inch bottoms flaring out. It was, you, you had to cut them up early, so it looked like you had them for a while, and you've been, you've been on this game for a minute. And then finally, I ended up wearing Hollister shirts and owning every single color express button-up there ever was. And sometimes when I was feeling froggy, I would put a polo on top of the button-up and just pop one collar and have different colors. I had, multi oh, I had it going on. But this crazy journey was all about me figuring out who I was and figuring out who I wanted to do life with because I had all of these crazy, weird interests. And so finally, even though that bled a little bit into my adulthood, I, I stopped dressing like a weirdo and I, I started to feel comfortable in my own skin. But even with that happening, I still live with this desire for someone to recognize my worth. Right? I still had this nagging feeling on the inside that I wanted my bosses to see 
that I was worth something, that I brought something to the table, that I had good ideas, that I was smart, that I could help change the organization. I wanted my family to see me be successful. I, I wanted to not just be another person in the room, but I wanted to be the person that when people walked in, they're like, hey, I want to go be with him, right? You guys didn't deal with that. I'm just telling you what I was working through. And for me, it was just not that I wanted to be popular, but I just wanted someone to recognize that I was there. And it wasn't until I realized, and, and it's too long of a story to get into it of, of how God showed me this, but it wasn't until I realized what my purpose was that my focus started to shift. And what I realized in my life was that my purpose was and is to help people connect with their potential and their purpose. That's what I feel like the reason why I'm on this planet. Now I feel like the only way that you can do that is through a relationship with Jesus. And so this mission that I'm on as a person, not even as a pastor, is I feel like I want to help you find more purpose and tap into the potential that God has given you. And that's what I feel like God has created me to do. And that's awesome, but what I realized is sometimes that means I have to be behind the scenes and not on the platform. And it took me years to figure that out, to recognize that sometimes it meant me being quiet in a room to see someone who didn't see that in themselves, to be able to walk up to them and go, hey, do you realize that God has something for you? Like, you, man, you've got something in you. And I feel like the Lord has gifted me to see those things and to be able to try to help people move closer to that. And it, it was cool this, this past weekend, I got to meet a girl that used to work on my team, not meet, I got to see her again that used to work on my team. And I remember having a conversation with her. Honestly, I had forgotten about it until she brought it up to me. And she, we, were, we were talking and, and she was on our team and she had so much potential in her. And, and I said, where do you see yourself? What do you see God doing in your life? And her answer was awesome, but it limited herself. And I knew what was behind it. She said, I just want to be a good mom. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. I mean, I want to be a good mom too. But like, what else do you feel like God wants you to do in your life? And she's like, I, I don't really know. And I remember us having a conversation where I said, I see that God doing this in your life. And what's so cool is here we are two years later. She's stepped into some ministry roles and God is doing incredible things in her life. And she's leading at a capacity that she never thought she would leave. And God, God is opening more doors in her life. And she said, it wasn't until I had that conversation with you that you said, hey, there's more to your life than just this, that God has more purpose in your life. And sure, that makes you feel good in, in, in the moment. But the point is, for some of you, like we were just singing about, there's dry areas of your life where you feel like you've given up what God wants you to tap into again. That he wants to breathe life in this new season, in, in this new year, in this new decade. He wants to breathe life into some dreams and some purposes in your life that you haven't leaned into in a long time. And he wants to breathe into that. But it starts with us choosing purpose over popularity. This is one of the foundational reasons why we started the church. It's why it's on the wall, discover purpose. We want you to discover purpose in your life. So how do we do that? First, we have to recognize this point on the screen that living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. When you live your life for the approval 
and the validation of people. It's going to end up keeping you from the purpose of God because you and I have to live our lives in a way that consistently focuses on what God says about us and what he created us for. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but when you and I spend our energy searching for validation and purpose from the people around us, we end up coming up empty because they do not have the source that we need. We have to go to our creator. Look at this. The fastest way to forget what God thinks about you is to be obsessed with what people think about you. And again, you guys don't deal with this, but you you don't go scrolling on Instagram and compare yourself and it's like, well, my Christmas sucked and theirs was awesome, right? I know you guys don't do that. I'm just saying it's important for us to recognize that when our focus is on everything else around us, And when our focus is on comparing what we don't have and what they have and what this is going on, does this person see me? And when we do all of that, it's the fastest way for us to forget what God thinks about us because we're looking for the approval of people. And and I know what you're thinking. I I don't care what people think. I'm doing my own life. You You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you have ever had a meeting with someone? And as soon as the meeting is over, you got in your car and you replayed the whole meeting in your head. And did I say that right? Should I say Yes, I do that. Why? Because I want people to think I knew what I was talking about. I want people to know that I communicated well enough for them to understand what I was saying. How many of you think this, does, does my boss see me staying late? Does, does my husband see how hard I worked on that? Does my wife recognize how tired I am? Does, does my friend see how exhausted I am in this moment and how broken I am in this moment, how bad I'm hurting and how much I wish that someone would just put their arms around me and hug. Do you ever have those thoughts in your mind? I'm sure we all do. Why? Because we just want someone to recognize our value, to recognize our worth. And even though you and I have the ultimate validation in Jesus, we still look for it in flawed sources. Even though God has written in his word these these words of affirmation and these words of love and, and just all of these things, if we're honest, sometimes for you and I, that just feels so spiritual and not as practical. But sometimes in our life, as, as practical of a person as I am, Sometimes we have to lean into that spiritual and recognize that our heavenly father, the one who created us, the one who breathes life into our lungs every day is the ultimate source of our validation. And when we can lean into that, it will completely change the way we do our lives. And when I think about this, I'm I'm reminded of the famous Bible character, Moses, and, and his childhood. And while his story is found in the Old Testament in the beginning of the Bible, the author of Hebrews actually wrote about him in Hebrews 11. And just for a little bit of context, Moses was a guy who was born as a Hebrew slave. And his mother from birth saw purpose in his life and potential, and she didn't want him to die. So she hid him and she, she sent him up river, and he ended up being adopted by Pharaoh's family. So Moses is a guy who was born into poverty and slavery, and he ended up living as a royal. It's the perfect Hallmark Christmas movie, right? Like it's exactly how it always happens. And he could have chosen a life of comfort, chosen a life to be an Egyptian royal, 
But instead, he chose his calling over his comfort. Look at what Hebrews 11 says in verse 23. It says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, looked at this, look at this. When he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Instead, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was, a looking, he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses knew that his purpose was so much greater than leaning into his false identity as an Egyptian royal. He could have, he, where everybody else was just longing for royalty and popularity and finances and, and probably a million other Hebrews would have chosen to stay in the palace, Moses didn't. While they were clawing to become royalty, Moses willingly gave it up because he knew that God's purpose for his life was so much greater. And I believe that you and I will face the same challenge. I feel like you and I will face the same exact challenge because you'll, you'll feel called to do something that'll confuse everyone around you. Why, why, why would you do that? Why do you want to do that? And it's because you want to lean into your purpose rather than just doing what everybody else does. Embracing the fact that sometimes weird is okay. Being different is okay. Not that you rock knock off Timberlands in a Spider-Man shirt. I'm just saying sometimes in our life being different than everybody else in every direction that they're going is not a bad thing because God is calling purpose out of your life. So that sounds challenging and, and amazing, but what about tomorrow? What about right now in my current job? What about right now in the relationships that I am in? Let's break this down because I think there's an important distinction that you and I need to make. Look at this on the screen. While we each have this unique and overarching purpose on our life, this huge, big thing in our life that I feel like God has created us for, we corporately have a purpose in every single moment. Oh, I don't know what my overarching purpose in life is. Cool. We'll start with right now. Start with the moment that you're in right now. You and I must find purpose in everything we do, in every conversation, in every situation, in every job, in every relationship. If we look for purpose in those smaller everyday moments, you'll see God's hand at work more consistently. When you look for purpose, you'll find it. What you look for, you will find, right? If you go into a situation and you're expecting it to be awful and you're looking for all the wrong things, guess what you're going to find? Awful and frustrating things, but we can find purpose. Every day, you and I, just some practical things, we can help the people around us have more purpose. Our coworkers, our kids, our spouse, we can speak life. We can be encouraging. We can be that person that looks at them and says, hey, I know today is hard, but you know what? There's something you and I are going to learn from this. We'll figure it out together. I don't know what it is, but we'll figure it out together. And you're changing the way that you look at it. We can be a good friend. We can text. I can't tell you how many times in a week I just feel like I need to text a friend of mine. And I'm a guy, so I don't ever pick up the phone to call him. I just text him, right? 
And it's just like, hey, I'm th- I don't know why, but I'm thinking about you today, and I just want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you. That's, that's all I got. I don't know what they're going through in, in all of these situations. I text, the other day, I texted a guy I hadn't talked to in two and a half years. No idea why. Still don't know why. But I felt like I needed to text him. God put him on my mind. I, I'd been thinking about him for two days, and I'm like, I need to text this guy. So I text him. I don't know what guy's going to do with that. I, I don't know if he was in a moment. I don't know if he was eating Burger King. I have no idea, but my responsibility was to be a friend who says, hey, I'm praying for you today. I'm thinking about you. I acknowledge this is weird, and we haven't talked in two and a half years, but I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I hope, I hope that you are doing awesome. We can be the kind of people that are kind to those around us, and you and I can do something that's really unique as followers of Christ. We can pray for the annoying We can pray for the people in our lives that we really wish we could backhand them instead of praying for them. We can pray for them. Like, that's a really important thing in our life. Jesus talked about it throughout his ministry. Like, the people who persecute you, the people who frustrate you, I want you to love them. Jesus says, you've heard before to love those who love you. I said, no, no. He says, no, no. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. Love those that hate you. And I can imagine sitting in, the, sitting in the crowd that day being like, did he say what he just said? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Shouldn't we just avoid the people that drive us crazy? No, Jesus says, I want you to pray for him. I want you to show kindness to him. He's like, well, I don't, I don't, Jesus, I don't really like that. And he's like, cool, do it. In the little bit of time that we have remaining, I want to share with you three quick ways that I believe discovering purpose can change the way that you live this new year. And the first one is this, if you're taking notes, purpose diminishes distractions. I don't know about you, but we live in a distracted world. There's so many things happening, but purpose diminishes distractions. When you lean into your purpose, it removes the power of comparison. It removes the power of seeking validation from other places. It removes all of that stuff because chasing after validation pulls you from your purpose. Jesus ran into it this during his ministry, and, and we actually see it in the, in the book of John. And it says this, and it's, it's such a, a random passage, but I think it's important for you and I as we start this new year. In John 12, starting in verse 42, <clears throat> it says, Yet there were many Jewish leaders who believed in Jesus. But because they feared the Pharisees, they kept it secret. So they wouldn't be ostracized by the assembly of the Jews. Look at this. For they loved the glory that men could give them rather than the glory that came from God. And that random little passage of of scripture is such an important challenge for you and I. Because these guys had an opportunity to connect with Jesus in a way that very few in the history of our planet could. They were actually sitting around tables where Jesus was physically. They were there. They saw the miracles. They felt his presence. They literally heard his words being spoken. They watched what was happening. They felt the buzz in the city. And they saw that and they said, I believe it. I believe in it. But I'm not going to, I can't put my arms all the way around it. Why? 
because they were so concerned with the Pharisees and the people around them. Man, that just that breaks my heart that these guys who believed in what he was doing still did not have the courage to go, you know what? It's worth going all in on Jesus. And maybe for some of you, that's where you're at. You just, you believe it, you see it, but you haven't put your arms around it because you're afraid of whatever it is. Maybe, obviously, it's not the Pharisees today, but maybe there's something that's holding you back. And it breaks my heart because they love the glory that men could give them rather than the glory that came from God. They feared the Pharisees, so they kept it a secret. How about us? The second thing is this. Purpose pushes you through the pain. Purpose pushes you through the pain. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There are people in your lives who will be unhappy about you making shifts in your life. There are people in your life that are going to be unhappy that you're choosing Jesus over dysfunction. Because when you get to live in dysfunction, everybody's partying. It's like, woo! We're all dysfunctional. We're all jacked up. Woohoo! Life is awesome. But when you decide that you want to lean into your purpose and lean into who God created you to be, there's people around you who are going to be frustrated because what it does is it shines a light on their insecurities and it shines a light on their dysfunction. We have an opportunity to love them through that, but we have to recognize that that's going to be the case. For some of you, that means living a life where you you purposefully try to get out of debt, right? That's weird nowadays. Like, what do you mean you're trying to live debt-free? Like, I, we're not, we're going to say no to some of these things so that we can say yes to greater things later on. Well, why don't you just, I mean, just do, no one else is doing that. Why are you doing that? If that's what you see God pushing you towards, you're making those financial goals, understand that not everybody's going to be happy about that. For some of you, it just means being sexually pure. Maybe for some of you, you're, you're dating and you're, you're figuring that out and you're like, hey, I'm not crossing this line. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go to that place. And everybody's like, why are you, what? Why would you not? Everybody's doing that. What, what's the problem? And you said, no. I'm going to lean into what God says he wants me to do. We, we're in February. I'm so stoked. If I could hit the fast forward button on the month, I would because we're going to be doing a series called The New Rules of Love, Sex, and Dating. I have been wanting to do this series, must be for seven years, so you better get ready, because I am excited. But we're going to be talking about some things about love and sex and dating that is going to be really important for us. Married, not married, all of those things. Just prepare your heart. I'm just telling you, you better be, better be ready. But for some of us, maybe for some of you, statistics tell us that 90% of men watch or struggle with pornography. 90%. And guys, maybe for us, the commitment that we make is, hey, that's not going to be a part of my life. Well, everybody does it. 90%. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep my life and my mind and my heart and my marriage pure. People are going to be like, why? why are you so weird? This is normal. This isn't hurting anyone. Maybe that's the decision for you in your life that you're making. Maybe for some of you, it's honoring your leader. Even when they don't earn it, even when they don't deserve it, you choose to show respect and honor. You don't get in the drama at work. You don't get in the gossip. You don't get in those things. You choose to do life different. 
and it pushes you away from the mainstream of where everybody's going, and not everybody's going like that. When we decide to lean into our purpose, there's a discomfort that follows because doing the right thing doesn't mean the road ahead will be roses and fairy dust. Sometimes it's a challenge. Listen, your purpose will draw attention because it's rare. There's very few people in in this world that live every day on purpose. It's unique, it's special, and you and I have the opportunity to do it. There's no rules that say we can't do it. The rare soul who looks at today and decides that they would do it on purpose and for a purpose has the potential to change the world around them. The last point is this as we close. Purpose empowers you to please God. We have the choice to please God or to please people. You know, it's actually a whole lot easier to please God than it is to please people because he's pretty constant. His, his commands and the things that he asks of us and the things that he wants us to focus on, even though it's hard in our life, it's pretty clear. It's like even written in a book for us to look at and like, oh, it still says that same thing. That's kind of crazy. People, on the other hand, are not. I, I love this commercial. I wanted to show it to you before, as we close, but this is what dealing with people looks like. Check out this Geico commercial. What did we decide on the flyers again? Uh, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I think we're going to swap over to over 75 years of savings and service. What, we're just going to swap over? Yep. Pump the brakes on this, swap it over to that. Pump the brakes and uh, swap over? That's right. What, instead of all this I've already... Yeah. What are we going to do with these? Keep it in your desk, um, save it for next time. Geico, over 75 years of savings and service. Isn't that life? People pleasing every day. Like, what do you mean pump the brakes? I got 5,000 copies here. We're just sticking in your desk. We're changing the plan. People pleasing will drain the life out of you. I love the way that, that Paul writes to the Galatian Christians, and he tells them this when you're pursuing things, when you're focusing on pleasing God. He says this, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. It's all in its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. And I love this verse, and it's such an important line for us. There is no law set against these things, for they are meant to be limitless. In other words, when we live out these values that God says comes out of us when we're in relationship, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of him being in our lives, there's no law, there's no boss who's going to be mad at you because you're more gentle. There's no spouse who's going to look at you and be frustrated because you have patience that endures. That's what Paul was saying. He's a joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness, kindness in action. Showing kindness to people, strength of spirit, faith that prevails through the hardest of situations, gentleness of the heart. You see, pursuing God leads us to a life filled with fruit. When we live our lives to please God, these are the things that come out of our lives.
These are the things that we see in our life. Not that we're trying to follow some rules and follow some regulations, but when our life is centered around, hey, God, what is it that you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do in my marriage? What do you want me to do in my relationships? What do you want me to do with that annoying person? God, what do you want me to do? When we do that and our our goal and our purpose in life is him, these fruits come out of our lives. As we pray today, I want to leave you with one last challenge. The decisions you make today determine who you become tomorrow. The decisions you and I make today, what we choose to be, who we choose to be, not what we try to do. And listen, don't, don't hear this, this challenge today and go, okay, I'm going to change this behavior and I'm going to change how I do that and I'm going to change that. No, 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 no. Who do we want to be? Don't go try to be kind. Pray God make me kind. Don't say, oh, I, I'm, I'm just going to show more love. Well, cool, show more love. But at the end of the day, if you're just trying to do it and you're not leaning into the source of all love, you're going to run out of gas. We have to ask God, God, I want to be a person who is more loving. I want to be a person who is, is gentle. God, I want these fruits of the spirit that we see in this verse. I want those things to be a byproduct of my relationship with you. Not just, hey, I want to do these behaviors because I see it in the Bible. It doesn't work that way. It begins from the inside out. And when we do that, when we choose that purpose over popularity, we'll see God's hand at work in a mighty way. Let's pray. As we begin to pray in this moment, I want you to just ask yourself this simple question. I'm sure it's one, and I'm not trying to force you to make a resolution. I'm not trying to do any of that. But ask yourself, who do you want to be this time next year? Who do you want to be six months from now? Who do you want to be a month from now? And as we walk through this series, as we walk into this new year, I want you to pray that. God, I want to be a person that is blank. Only you can fill it. So God, right now in this moment, we, we pray that you would help us to be that. That you would speak to us. That you would encourage us. God, that you would help us to be able to choose the purpose that you have in our life. Choose the purpose and the plan that we lean into you. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now in this moment. Speak to us and draw those things out of our lives that that you want us to be. God, I pray right now that as we just pause in this new year, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe life into those dry bones in our lives, those dreams, those aspirations, those things in our hearts and our minds that we don't tell anybody else, but we think, man, 
I would love to be able to do this. I'd love to be able to be that. I'd love to be able to give this away. I'd love to be a part of something like that. God, breathe life into that. Draw us back to the purpose that you have in our lives. Lord, I pray that 2020 will be a year that is marked by this group of people and everyone who calls City Hills home. God, that we would lean in with all that we have, that we would open our arms and wrap them around the plan and the purpose that you have for our life. God, I pray that you would not let us be like these, these guys who saw you, Jesus. They were right there in your presence and they believed in what you were doing. They believed in what you were saying. They heard it all and it stirred their hearts. It stirred their spirits and they saw it and they said, no. I'm going to choose what everybody else is doing because, man, it's just, it's too hard to lean into that. God, I pray against that in the name of Jesus. I pray that we will be a people who will lean into everything you say, that our validation and our purpose is found in you, that we wouldn't hear these words and walk away going, huh, that's encouraging, but I don't think I can do that. God, we wrap our arms around you. And we step into this year knowing that you are going to draw more purpose out of us than ever before. We pray all of this in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.